Hi, I'm April D. Scheffler. Welcome to a special edition of Sheffy's Sandbox. In this series I call the Ambling Bear Dreamcast, I delve into dreams and explore the symbolism to reveal the elegant messages condensed inside. Dreamwork is one of my passions, and not having received anyone else's today's dream is yet another one of my own. Here's the dream. I was with a group of people headed one way on a road. There was a steady stream of people on our left headed the opposite direction. One particular bunch approaching seemed very road-weary indeed. There was a crying boy around nine or ten. As we got close where I could, uh, where we got even, uh, I saw the boy's toenail from his big toe on his right foot got embedded into a wooden wheel of a cart or something in front of him. The father already seemed agitated or uneasy about something uh, unrelated to this incident. The tired, weary, impatient, agitated father, without hesitation, wordlessly took his own foot that had a shoe on it and used it to press down on his son's toe, presumably to break off the bit of toenail that was stuck. Instead, the boy's whole toe and socket snapped off with the nail still embedded in the wooden wheel. I did not see any blood. The boy was as shocked as I was. Their procession continued on without pause. The boy's crying uh, died out behind me and was not as intense as it had been before. So it made me wonder if he was just in shock or if the pain was actually better. All right, step one of our dream work. We take every single element in this uh, dream and do some free association. And again, there's no right or wrong. Uh, Everyone's experience and conditioning in life is a little different. Uh, Experiences, interactions with people. So, and it it doesn't even have to be related, but in your brain, uh, the two are connected some weird way. So... Uh, that being said, let's start with road. I was thinking that could be a, you know, it stands for a destination, a direction, path. It's a public place. I can represent opportunity. Uh, you have the colloquialism of the open road. It can sig- sim- um, symbolize travel, movement, a way of getting from one place to another, a thing that connects two places something that makes a destination accessible. Uh, Let's go to the fact that they were on the left side of the road. Uh, You've heard me before talk about how the left can often represent the feminine side of creativity. Uh, It can be receptivity, learning, or support. Uh, It could also, in my mind, the left could refer to the political left, uh, liberals. Uh, Left could also speak to right-brained individuals, artistic. Uh, Let's go to toenail. Okay, so I am not a foot person. (laughs) I don't think many people know this, but I'm not a big fan of uh, 
sandals or anything like that. I just don't think that feet uh, are all that attractive on the whole. Um, there are some exceptions, but generally I, I just find it a little repulsive. So uh, bear with me as I go through the <laughs> my word association here. So for toenail, I have gross. Uh, clippers make an annoying sound. I did acknowledge that they have a protective person, a per protective purpose. They have to be clipped, cut, groomed regularly. And then let's go to the big toe. I know that that's important for balance. Uh, you have to have that in order to walk uh, properly. Um, I know, I think it was either in the Bible or some sects, uh, they would cut off the right ear, right thumb, and right big toe uh, for uh, war criminals or people that they've uh, captured in battle. So for some reason, that came up to mind. Uh, let's go to the fact that uh, I and another group of people were on the right. So that could refer to masculinity. Uh, to do, act, make something happen, teach, say, provide. You could also refer to the political right or your conservatives. Uh, let's go to the foot. Um, I acknowledge it's a base for balance and support. Uh, you have the colloquialism, uh, have a leg to stand on. Um, so again, I don't think they're very pretty. Often they can be odoriferous, sweaty, or dirty. Uh, the phrase under one's foot denotes having power over someone. Uh, you can squash bugs underfoot. Uh, feet provide you with the ability to walk and move and travel independently. We have the phrase travel by foot. Uh, let's go to the fact that there was a wooden wheel of some sort, okay? So, uh, I was thinking not a first world country, uh, some, somewhat backwards or retro. It can speak to a farming civilization. Uh, I also thought it, it speaks to craftsmanship. It can uh, reference before automobiles, so like before 1920, uh, a horse and buggy era. Let's go to the father figure in this dream. Father can be protector, disciplinarian, provider, heavenly father, or religious figures, strong, uh, a masculine energy that cares for you. And the father had a shoed foot, uh, which I, in my dream, you know, the boy had was barefooted. So I thought that must mean something. So shoed foot. I wrote that that indicates more protection, uh, more money to be able to afford shoes. So that could symbolize uh, wealth. Uh, let's go to the toe and socket, because not only was the toe removed, the socket was as well. So socket to me uh, emphasizes um, an allowance for movement. What about the fact there was no blood? So no blood denotes to me clean. It was a 
clean, swift, not messy. Um, it could also mean that it was not vascularized, so there was no life in that part. Uh, it was not a fatal wound if there was no blood in, in my head. Okay. All right, step two, dynamics. This is usually where you ask, what part of me is this? You take all of these things uh, that we just did, the word association, and you try to apply it to your inner world and draw some uh, draw some lines where there would be a relationship between, uh, say, the father figure and the part of you that wants to protect or uh, provide discipline or provide. So, um, again, usually this is for the inner world. With this whole string of political uh, dreams, I couldn't help but just kind of skip to the fact that this is, again, another uh, dream about politics. And so when I went over these and asked myself, which of these associations I get a that inner yes, like that's, you know, it kind of kind of clicks in place. That is what that means in this dream. Um, this is the interpretation I came up with. The political left are tired and weary. Their newly active membership, and so I um, associate that with the nine to 10 year olds. So I was trying to think back what happened nine or 10 years ago. Uh, you know, you had Obama uh, as a president already. So I know some people got really, um, they started becoming engaged with his reelection. Um, so I don't know if that's what it's talking about or not, but um, I wrote here, their newly active membership have been vocal about their discomfort. They feel their protection, that's the um, toenail, and mobility, that would be the socket of the foot, are stripped away by an archaic system, that would be the wooden wheel, and an uneasy, conservative, wealthy patriarchy, that would be the father with the shoe, has left them unbalanced and at a loss as to what just happened so quickly, cleanly, and matter-of-factly was it done. So with their silence, I am left unsure as to whether they are uh, actually better, uh, feeling better, or if they're just simply stunned. So, um, this dream, <clears throat> if I can get a little personal here, uh, a few days ago, someone very close to me 
pre presented an attack. I took it as an attack. And I think you'll see why. Um, this person and I are so closely linked. And we don't, there have been several things that we have disagreed about over the years, but we've always, always been able to come back to this place of love because we know each other. We know each other. We love each other. You know, I would, I would think unconditionally if anyone does, you know, so, um, I had posted something on social media and he replied something and I was about to text back and I was like, you know what, this is what's wrong. You know, people like me, I'm just going to say something <clears throat> and maybe give him the benefit of the doubt or, or whatever but I'm not reaching out to him on a personal level. I know this person. Why don't I just pick up the phone instead of everyone seeing it on social media? And because I know we can get this cleared up. We've done this so many times before. We've always been able to find the common ground. Well, that didn't happen <laughs> this time. It didn't happen. I called to uh, clarify what he meant thinking it was just um, miscommunication. Instead, uh, I was shocked. Um, he associated all Trump supporters um, as being Nazis. And as such, he was advocating terror and acts of physical violence uh, against all of them. And like he was serious, like there was no, <laughs> there was no just being a little dramatic or not, he, he meant it. He said that they should be afraid when they walk out of their houses. And then that net was cast around me because even though I haven't been, you know, I'm not a Trump supporter, I told him that I could support people who support Trump because they're still people. Well, apparently if they support Trump, they're not people and deserve none of the rights or um, protection that a normal human being deserves. And as someone who could support someone who supports Trump, <laughs> that I was then included with that group of people. And... I thought that was pretty scary. I thought it was pretty scary. Like, 
because this whole time I'm like the, the difference between the two parties, the split in this country, you know, the talk of potential civil war. It's like, you know, I've, I've always felt like if we could just talk, right. You know, if we could just get together, we would realize how much we have in common and we just need to continue to support people's choices as long as they're not physically harming someone else. Okay. And I guess I will get a little political here in that Trump is the figurehead, right, of the Republican Party. They're not, they weren't given another choice on the ballot. I mean, I'm sure, yeah, so the American voter really wasn't given another choice for their Republican presidential candidate. And so you have someone in there that is very reactive. Uh, it's probably not someone that you would want to date your daughter, <laughs> you know, these kinds of things. But uh, then I also see on the left, the figurehead that they've been given. I, as someone who has not been particularly involved either way, I don't see how they can be very excited about uh, the candidate they've been given either. I mean, again, I'm, I'm, I'm talking out of a place of ignorance, and I acknowledge that. Um, but I, I saw this one uh, montage of Biden with, you know, taking different photo opportunities with families, and it was so, so creepy watching him with the children, especially the girls, um, as they were posing for these pictures, uh, he was keeping the, the girls, he was making sure the girls were like immediately up against him up front. Uh, he was smelling their hair. Um, he, and it, it was just so obviously awkward. I'm like, does, is the, country willing to elect a pedophile. So ag again, that's just me. But um, having also been someone uh, who was molested as a child, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so obvious because it was not with just one or two girls. It just kept happening in this montage, which is showing it how it was, uh, it just kept repeating over and over again. And then you have him where he's, uh, he, he definitely has like certifiable, uh, Alzheimer's it's, it's kind of crazy. And so the only way that makes sense to me, again, talking out of ignorance is that if Biden was never intended to be the Democratic president. By saying that, I mean uh, Kamala Harris. 
is in, is the one that's really been intended to become president. And I don't understand exactly what type of to me that seems like a bait and switch, right? Like maybe she couldn't win the presidency as the presidential candidate. So they're having her tag along as vice president. And then it is so obvious, right, that he's not capable, that they are going, and they, I just see that them, they are going to say, hey, let's put her in his place. And I saw the weirdest things to collaborate that. Um, So even before the elections, right? She has this podcast called Next in Line. Okay, so that's a, a bit presumptuous, right? And then she has all of these um, books. And it just, and and these were published. Uh, I don't know. It, it To me, it just seems a little... A little weird, okay? I don't know what's going on. But just because someone supports Biden, I'm not going to say that all of them are pedophiles, right? And think that they need to be worried leaving their house, They're not supportive of him because of who he is, but mostly, right, I would say most people support him because of the party he represents. I mean, like, what are your other options at this point, right? I don't, I just really made me feel unbalanced myself. So maybe there is a way for this dream to be applied to my inner world. I still feel... Okay, so what I'm thinking with this dream is that, say, the once the election results are certified, and what if, let's just, what if there is shown and proven to have been uh, election fraud. The software with the machines, um, you have uh, people who will be swearing under oath that they were instructed um, to disregard Republican ballots and so forth. What if Donald Trump is uh, ends up being the president after all? I'm just trying to figure out what kind of scenario would this dream make sense in which the political left um, are just so quickly, uh, every their whole action part, right? The masculine side, the right side of their body is just uh, maimed, right? So it's quick, it's clean, it's a matter of fact. And they're just stunned. So I am thinking that that could be a scenario in which that would, I think they would definitely feel stunned because they've been with the media that they're watching. 
um, it's, it's a done deal, right? So um, I think they would be very surprised if that's how it ends up being. Step four, ritual. What I would like to do is some of these other dreams, you know, they've been from my political point of view, and I'm thinking that this dream was asking me to uh, step into the pain of uh, the other shoe, you know, people who are standing on the other side. Um, I think that we all want so many of the same things. We just believe the way to get there is different. I think the people on the left, the people like the person who I was talking to you about earlier, they are so ready for change. They see so much pain in the world around them. They see um, poverty here in the U.S. They see poverty. They see uh, inequality. They see racism. And they feel like the quickest way because they think that this change is so overdue. And it probably is. It is. It's very, you know, a lot of change is overdue. They think that the quickest way is from the top down, right? The government needs to step in as this parent and just get it done. We need to uh, elect the right people to make laws and that way it just gets done overnight. You know, not overnight, but you get you get my drift, okay? Whereas I think the same people, same caring, loving, compassionate people, but on the other side, they feel the way to do it is from the bottom up. And that lasting change is never fully enacted from the top down. Like there has to be a, a massive movement within the people in order to make these changes. And I think the people on the right realize that uh, a lot of these things are being aged out. Like some things are so uh, ingrained in people that it does, it needs to take generation or two to die out and you have new people coming in with a different way of looking at things. Um, I just don't think that that's fast enough for the people on the left. The people on the right want to be able to reach out and provide for their uh, less fortunate brothers and sisters, but they want to do it from a place of personal empowerment, not um, feeling as though some non-personal government is overtaxing them and all that. They want to be able to personally get involved, have the resources to be able to help their neighbor and donate to charities and so forth, uh, again, from a, a place of personal power and sovereignty. I mean, is that 
stupid. I mean, to think that we just, we do all want the same thing. We're not racist. We're not, um, you know, one side's not racist. The other side's not stupid. The other side, you know, we, all this othering, right? So all that being said, I think I'm going to take 15 seconds as part of my ritual here and just feel that pain on the left. You know, and you know, we may have Biden for four years of presidency uh, if he becomes, if that's the, what the election is certified to be. So if, if that's the case, then the scenario I painted is un, <laughs> is, is not going to happen. But I think whatever happens, there is going to be a side that feels lost and disempowered. And I think some people would say, well, if it's the right, then it's about time because they'll know how it feels. Again, that's not a lot of love <laughs> speaking. And I would rather just let love lead. So I'm going to take 15 seconds here to feel the pain where people are coming from, the motivation that they want to help their suffering and marginalized friends and human beings on this planet and just feel that with them 15 seconds okay I've was letting my heart expand, just feel their love. <laughs> so when it comes to creating a ritual, uh, the step four of the dream interpretation uh, process, uh, use your imagination. There's no limit, really. So it can be something really tiny or it can be large. Uh, one of the examples given in the book by Robert A. Johnson called Inner Work, uh, this lady had a dream that involved the ocean. And so she took a trip to the ocean and there ended up being some very synchronistic things along that uh, real trip that coincided with the significance of the dream. So again, I really encourage you to read the book for yourself. Um, hopefully these exercises are giving you some, some real steps, like a good handle on dream work. And I think dreams are so elegant. So when I come to the interpretation, I'm like, how could I have succinctly taken this message and put it into a symbolic form? And you might ask yourself, well, why don't dreams just spell out uh, what it is that they're trying to tell you instead of making you work for it, right? So, and I, I'm going to find the quote in the book that kind of goes into the reasons why dreams have this hidden knowledge. Um, for one of the 
for one thing, it's a gift for those who actually take the time to honor their dreams and put forth the time and effort to do a little bit of digging. So I'm going to find that in my book, uh, in, in Robert Johnson's book, so I can tell you next time exactly why uh, it's in symbols and not necessarily spelled out for us in dreams. And also, I'm going to find out um, the, the reasoning behind why it's important to have a ritual at the end to honor the dream. Um, when using my imagination, how I could possibly uh, physically honor this dream, I thought about maybe uh, taking my sock off my right foot, taking a marker and drawing on my foot where in the dream uh, the toe and socket would have snapped off <laughs> in this dream and then maybe hobbling across my backyard. So anyone would probably wonder like, what is this crazy person doing? But thankfully it would be my backyard and no one would know if I wasn't publicly telling that on a podcast. <clears throat> but it's just taking that uh, gift that you've been given and honoring it with a physical act here in this world, this three-dimensional human existence uh, that we're living. So I will, like I said, find the information in the book as to why the ritual is important as well, and I'll bring that to you uh, in my next Dreamcast episode. And I do have other dreams for you. Uh, so to, uh, last night, I actually woke up from a nightmare, and I can assure you, if this political bent has been not to your liking, I don't see any type of political implications whatsoever to this dream I had, this nightmare I had last night. So um, it'll be interesting for me to dive into that and tell you what I come up with. Please, please send me your own dreams so that I can uh, maybe get out of my own head <laughs> and take a look at what's happening uh, with you. Uh, also stay tuned to the podcast. Uh, several of you who have been following me on um, social media may have been expecting an interview with a gentleman from Regenerosity.world from uh, the company Lush in the UK. Uh, in fact, I had a fantastic hour and a half long intimate conversation with this gentleman. I got to the very end uh, to click stop recording when I realized with horror that I had not been recording at all. So there are a few things that a person can do in that type of situation. You can let the inner critic uh, really get to you and feel like such a dummy and be like, why am I even pretending <laughs> to have a podcast when I can't even push a record button? Um, but then you think to yourself, um, show yourself some compassion. It happens because it happened. <laughs> and what are you going to do about it? Is there a way of fixing it? No, there's not. There's no way of reclaiming that unrecorded hour and a half fantastic conversation. So I had to like forgive myself 
grant myself the compassion that these things happen. Uh, say, what is it that I can take from this that will be constructive? Um, any type of criticism, like I've already said before, that, you know, the self-talk that I'm stupid or what, I, what am I think I'm doing? I just wasted this gentleman's time and just feel really horrible about it. Or I can trust that this conversation had something in it just for me or was going to prep a conversation, you know, going forward and make sure I'm pressing that record button in the future. And so that's what I hope that I chose to concentrate on and not let myself get so distracted with the criticism. So the gentleman did, uh, he was gracious enough. He said that he can do a mini redo of the conversation next month. He had a lot to say about permaculture and regenerative regenerative practices. And I just thought it was so interesting that I have this trip, uh, this Thanksgiving outing planned, and I was going through Airbnb listings, and I saw this one little eco-village, and they mentioned permaculture. And so as in this in-between time, between the first conversation and our redo, maybe I'll have an opportunity to actually see this uh, permaculture in, in person and maybe get some recordings from my hosts. And I'll be able to bring that to this redo that I'll be uh, doing uh, next month with the gentleman from regenerosity.world. So maybe things, you know, everything happens for a person, a purpose. So I'm going to just trust that <laughs> was the reason why the conversation didn't record. It was magical. So the pressure to try and recreate that is going to be a little overwhelming. But um, again, if I can just reassure myself that it happened for a reason and it's going to be a fantastic conversation regardless when we come back to the microphone. Uh, so that's going to be one conversation happening next month. Uh, I've also been talking to someone who is a death doula, and uh, she has done home funerals. And I'm super excited uh, to be able to talk to her. So we do not have a date for that pinned down just yet, just that hopefully sometime next month. And so <clears throat> I'll be bringing you more information. If you have any questions uh, ahead of time, feel free to send those my way now, and I will be sure and ask her about that when we get to there. Uh, another thing that's coming up, if you follow me on social media, you saw that I uh, was scheduled to participate in a breathwork session, and I had not done any type of breathwork before. Uh, I was super interested in it, but then uh, COVID happened and basically shut down any in-person uh, activities with the breathwork. Uh, you can go back to uh, one of the pre the first episodes I did with a lady who uh, did the soul collage and also facilitated holotropic breathwork. Uh, so anyway, I came into this Zoom meeting uh, uh, with certain expectations with breathwork. I wasn't expecting it to be too powerful because it wasn't in person and it wasn't tailored 
and it was going to be rather short, uh, you know, shorter than a, a holotropic breathwork session, etc. But I had some uh, a profound experience, and I'm looking forward to telling you all about that and some of the synchronicities that were leading up to it and followed that experience. So just stay tuned to the podcast, and I want to thank each and every one of you listening. Uh, if you would, send me a word now and then. Just let me know you're out there and listening. Uh, sometimes it does feel as though I'm talking into a disconnected mic. <laughs> but, you know, even if no one listens, I'm doing this for me. I feel, like, empowered in a way that this is I, – I've – I don't know. Maybe it's un it seems awkward to you. I feel if sometimes it feels awkward to myself, but I feel like I am this is like part of my purpose. As corny as that might sound, I feel like I'm doing what I can, what interests me, what where I'm finding my passion by sharing whatever it is I have to share into this microphone. But if any of it is resounding with you, it doesn't hurt to feel a little bit of uh, affirmation, you know, that there's other people listening. I will say hi to my dad. Uh, he told me this week that he is getting caught up and on my episodes. And so, Dad, I don't know how this is going to change how much I uh, reveal <laughs> or not. But uh, welcome to the podcast, Dad. I love you. All right. Uh, I love the rest of you guys, too. Um, again, send me an email. Uh, if you have a dream, I would love to take a look at it. Email your dream, questions, or comments to me at thesandboxpod at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-S-A-N-D-B-O-X-P-O-D at gmail.com. All right, listeners, that's it for now. Keep dreaming and much love.